Hello, Restoration Church. I'm Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Ken. And we are so glad you are joining us as we continue the conversation. Thanks for joining us. This past Sunday, we wrapped up the Your Neighborhood series. But before we jump into that conversation on the message we heard on Sunday, I thought we could remind our listeners what's next for us as a congregation. So this week we begin Lent, and Lent is a six-week season of the Christian year leading up to Easter in which we are specifically challenged uh, to make assessments of our lives, to let God do the work of change in us. And uh, so we believe that we do that best together, iron sharpens iron. And so we're, we're offering a few different ways where we can kind of come together and, and grow together. Um, but certainly the, the Sunday morning series is a big part of that. So I'm excited about it. That's great. I know I'm looking forward to that. And I know there are many others as well. So this past Sunday, you brought up the idea of responsibility when thinking about our neighbors. You said this, proximity plus urgency plus capacity equals responsibility. When it comes to proximity, I think it's easy for us perhaps to resort to building fences and walls. When it comes to urgency, uh, we can keep essentials non-essential. And when it comes to capacity, we might operate with a scarcity mindset. You know, this thinking of, I don't have anything to offer. Right, right. In Matthew 9, where we were Sunday, when, when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on 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 the crowds. And uh, we, we went kind of in depth with that splagizomai word there and and the the real the meaning behind that is uh is not just sympathy it's not just oh isn't that too bad the meaning behind that is it's gut-wrenching you feel it in yourself when you see somebody else uh, struggling you feel it in yourself and we ask the question what if that were me um i think that's a extremely important question for for us to ask so that we can really get to this place of empathy, kind of sit with someone where they are, connect with them. Um, you know, this morning, even somebody contacted me and, and, and told me a little bit of what they were going through to help somebody out in a, in a urgent kind of situation. And, uh, and as it turned out, this person was able to help them because they had been in that similar spot before. Um, and the, the thought occurred to me that sometimes we ask, what if that were me? Sometimes we need to acknowledge that that could have been me. Uh, you know, John Bradford, the great preacher, was the one who was famous for saying, there but for the grace of God go I. You know, that could have been me. But I think other times we can say that was me. And we can really enter into another story because we have been there ourselves. It's really good. Um, you remember Sunday school, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were the days. <laughs> uh, with the Sunday school classes, uh, each class has this list of people that they're responsible for. We call it the responsibility right. list. Uh, these are the people that... Uh, that the, that each class sort of takes care of, right? 
the reality is, is all of our neighbors are our responsibility. This is something we've, we've sort of struggled with, perhaps recognizing from the very beginning of our story. Uh, when you look at Genesis chapter 4, the story of Cain and Abel, Cain, in a, in a fit of rage, murders his brother. And God shows up and he asks, where's your brother? Right? And we probably all remember Cain's response. He says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, he asks, is he my responsibility? And it's almost as if with that story, we can hear the answer to the question. And that answer is yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's right. Now, the second part we're going to talk about, we got some responses on this. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. This idea of uh -huh. loving loving yourself. That hit a nerve. I, I could tell. Um, several responses uh, came in uh, from Sunday's message. And I think it really does hit home. One person actually uh, wrote and, and said this to me. Your message today hit home. The part of loving others, but not myself, is totally me. Due to my past abuse, I have always felt worthless and never good enough. I struggle with it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned there are these four different quadrants that we can find ourselves in when it comes to our neighbors loving or hating them and ourselves loving or hating ourselves. Those four quadrants were, were hateful, arrogance, shame, and healthy love. Now on Sunday, you mentioned the one you said that, that we in the church often get hung up on or we hang out in is, is shame. Loving our neighbors, but hating ourselves. Mm. I, I see it all the time, but I see it. I see it in myself too. Um, if 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 I if I get stuck somewhere, oftentimes it's it's right there. Um, we got another response uh, from Sunday that said this: I had a real turning point when I saw that Jesus even served Judas the same night he betrayed him. With a thought. He said, I, I have strived to be the best servant to my church and neighbors I can be since then. Yet I find myself in the shame box most of the time. It's a struggle to break out of that box. Um, I have heard this many times before. Mm -hmm. um, it is a struggle. I have mentioned, you know, I struggle with that myself. But we all need to be reminded of God's love for us. Because we, we also recognize, you know, God is good at what he does, but Satan is good at, <laughs> at right. what he does. Uh, he, he doesn't struggle reminding us of our past, of, of distorting the truth any way he can. I, I shared a number of scriptures um, talking about how God really does love us. Uh, the, the one that stands out to me is that God loves us the same way that he loved the son. The Father loves us the same way that He loves the Son. And, and we know maybe that's true. But do we live there? Do we really believe it? Whose perspective do we trust? Maybe we need to, to write those scriptures on our mirror. Maybe we need to put it on the dash of our car. Maybe we need to put it all as a wallpaper on our phone or, or wherever. How can you be reminded of God's truth, His love for you? Yeah. Whose perspective are we going to believe? Yeah, that's good. We just wrapped up a series with our students 
talking about the parable of the prodigal son. It's found in, in Luke chapter 15, if you want to go back and read it again. The word prodigal means recklessly extravagant. This idea of having or, or giving something on a lavish scale. The younger son does just that with the money, right? He takes it before he's supposed to even receive it, uh, and he spends it all on, on a lavish scale. And then in the story, it tells us that there was a famine in the land. In the story, there's a, there's a small detail that I've read and heard the prodigal son many, many times before. But as I was sort of reading it and preparing for this series, there's this detail after it says there, there's a famine in the land, and it says he was in need. And the thought I had was, go home. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you're in need. Uh, go home. But he doesn't because of shame. Mm -hmm. He goes to feed the pigs. Finally, he comes to his senses, and he thinks, maybe dad will let me be his servant. They're eating better than, than I am here right. with the pigs. So he begins to rehearse in his mind the message that he's going to tell his dad. And here's the message that he rehearses in his mind. I am no longer worthy to be your son. I am no longer worthy to be your son. I am no longer worthy to be your son. As he's approaching home, those of you that, that know the story, the father leaps off the porch and, and runs towards his younger son wraps his arms around him, embraces him, gives him a kiss. And we see the love of the prodigal father. This, this father that you talked about that, that extravagantly and, and longs to lavish his love, great love on, on us. And yet in that moment, the younger son doesn't get it, right? He's been rehearsing this message. And, and after the father has wrapped his arms around him, here's what the younger son says. I am no longer worthy to be called your son mm -hmm. and the father says are you kidding me right <laughs> <laughs> you're home you're my son you were lost but now you are found you were dead but now you're alive let's let's party right that idea that that you were dead <laughs> you were dead yeah but now you're alive that's something to celebrate for sure and some of us may look at our situation and think it's dead. There's, there's no life here. It's hopeless. You know, in, in our world, when things die, there's usually no hope, right? Um, I'm great at killing plants in <laughs> my house. Sure. I've got one that I'm trying to resurrect right now. It's not going to happen, but you know, the hope is there, I suppose. But we serve a God who specializes in resurrection. He delights in new creation. He is the God who is redeeming. He's the God is all about reconciliation. He's the God of, of restoration. He loves his sons and daughters. How great the Father's love on us. You know, that he's lavished on us, that he would call us his children. And that's who we are. He loves to see his children come home to lavish his love on us. Yeah, we we all probably know someone who who we know struggles with this this idea of shame. We all have good days and not so good days, but maybe it seems 
like this person that comes to mind just constantly struggles and, and gives in to the lies of the enemy that that tells us there's no hope. Uh, you're a failure. There's no way out. No way home. Nobody loves you. You don't matter. Perhaps this week God will lead you to reach out, to speak hope, to share God's love. Maybe ask that person, how are you treating my friend? Yeah, it's good. I think too, it's, you know, it's so, <laughs> it's big that we understand that how we treat others can influence another's capacity to be a good neighbor to others. Um, God has shown us through Jesus Christ, moving into our neighborhood, what it is to be a good neighbor. If we can allow ourselves to receive his love, we can pass that love on to others. And this world can be changed. Who knows? So we invite you again to continue to consider the question, how will I love my neighbor as myself? Thanks again for listening in. We would love for you to follow or subscribe if you haven't already so you can catch the next episode. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you.